On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. We do welcome you into the program here on a Thursday night. No Brewers baseball this evening. No Brewers baseball today. They get it works out well when you play a day game in front of a day off. It's almost like getting two days off because you're getting two nights off. And maybe that's exactly what the team needed, getting an off day today in Miami before they open up a series against the Marlins coming up tomorrow. Have you till 9 o'clock. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt. Paulie on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We're just talking with Scott Wars a few moments ago. He alluded to it. You would like to see the Brewers uh, make some hay here against the uh, Miami Marlins to wrap up this three-city road trip. Things have not gone well for them so far. It started out quite well when they picked up a, a really good win against Atlanta this past Friday night, but then they lost back-to-back games, including a one-sided game that they lost 9-2. Then they get into Cincinnati. They lose the first game 10-5. They lose yesterday's game 14-11. to That was a game where they scored some late runs to make it look a little bit closer than it actually was after the Reds got out to a big lead early. Their only win was the second game of the series, and that's the game where Devin Williams let down and you needed Luis your Rias making a diving catch, and you need Tyrone Taylor with a with a kick save and a beauty out in right field to uh, to keep the ball in front of him, just to at least uh, keep the game uh, with the Brewers leading. So things have not gone well here over the last few days, and now they're going to open up a series against the Marlins coming up tomorrow evening. A reminder for you, programming note, and I'm sure you know this, if you are ever looking for Brewers baseball and you tune in here on WTMJ and you hear a Bucks playoff game, you can always hear the Brewers over on 94.5 ESPN on those conflict nights, and that includes our post-game show, uh, which is uh, you know Brewers Extra Innings, which comes up uh, after the network broadcast wraps up. This is what we've got going on here on the show tonight. Jerry Augustine, who is going to make his season debut on Brewers Extra Innings this weekend. We've had a lot of Vinny Rotino. We've had a fair amount of Craig Kishon. Now we get Augie back into the mix. He's going to be uh, with me throughout the course uh, of the weekend. We're going to get him, uh, as I said to Scott, we'll get him all primed up. Uh, and uh, Augie's going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments. And we'll get his uh, take on how he feels the Brewers are playing so far this season. I want to get into Christian Yelich and whether or not what we're seeing right now now is really something, is an indication that he is back to being maybe not the MVP version of himself, but at least an all-star version of himself. We've said it over and over. I've said it. Many people have said it. It's not an original thought by me, but there's some truth to it. You don't need Christian Yelich to be the MVP to win the World Series, but you need him to be a lot more than he was the last two years. Is he back to being a lot more than he was the last two years? We'll get into uh, that a little bit, and we'll also discuss the bullpen, which has been not great, especially here recently when you consider everybody other than Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Jerry Augustine joins us next. This is Brewers Weekly. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. So this is a big weekend coming up. 
not just because the Brewers need to find a way to win some games in Miami and kind of salvage what's been a tough road trip, but uh, making his season debut on Brewers Extra Innings this weekend, it's going to be uh, Jerry Augustine. And we got to get him all ready for the season debut, so we welcome him on to the program right now. Augie, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on the show. How are you? Oh, I'm really looking forward to it, Matt. Uh, I've been following the Brewers, and uh, uh, I guess this is, this is my opening day, our opening weekend, you might want to say, but Brewers are playing good baseball. It's fun to talk baseball, and anytime I be on the show with you, I know we have a lot of fun. I don't want to give too much personal information away, but a, a lot of people at the ballpark have been asking about you and when you're going to be back. And you've dealt with some uh, some medical issues here recently, and, and I've just kind of shared that's part of the reason why. But uh, I know uh, I, I know you referenced that on Twitter recently uh, that you've been fighting some medical stuff, but uh, you are doing a lot better right now and ready to go. Yeah, I'm getting back and forth. I call it. Uh... But uh, I did. I went through a little bit of thing with some heart issues and uh, got those things all straightened out. I've been in rehab for the last several weeks, and uh, I feel better than ever. Uh, I feel I'm in the best shape I've been in in several years and uh, healthy and ready to go. And uh, that's the main thing. And, you know, when you go through some things in life that, that become unexpected, you get them taken care of, and you look to the future and you, you work to things to be positive. And I feel really good, and I'm excited about getting back and talking some baseball. Can you run a mile faster now than you could three months ago? I never could run a mile very fast any time, Matt. So I don't, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I think if I get in the car, that's about as fast as I can go. But no, I've been very active. I've been doing a lot of uh, in gym work, uh, a lot of exercising as far as any Olympicals and and that. I've been going on a lot of walks, bike rides in Arizona are always a fun thing to do because the weather's so great. So I'm getting outside and and enjoying the weather, the difference in the weather between Wisconsin and Arizona. But I feel real healthy, and uh, I'm probably at the, I feel probably the best I have in five or six years. All right, let's get into some baseball. You mentioned you've been watching this team uh, all season long, and they've had some really good moments. They're in a little bit of a funk right now on the road. Before we even get into that, Augie, how tough is it when you go on these three-city road trips? I mean, that's a, that's a long time being away from home. I think, it, it, you know, Matt, when I think about the three-city road trips, I think starting off the season is where they're very difficult is because you just, you know, you're anxious to get home. And, you know, the Brewers started on the road after starting the season a little bit late, then got home. And, and now all of a sudden you're, you, you're going on a road trip, maybe your second or third road trip, and it's that long road trip. It's that three-series three road trip, that 10-day road trip. And I think that makes it really tough. I think as you get along in the season, I think when you get into June and July, you're able to cope with it because then you're getting in a routine of, hey, I go, I'm at home for six days, on the road for six days, those type situations. But when you have to go on the road early in the season, uh, it's always difficult. And this has been a tough road trip for, for the Brewers. And uh, the teams have played very well against them. But you, you, anytime you go on the road, you know you have to play good baseball. But I think starting out the season – like they are now with this road trip and the next with being that three-city road trip makes it very difficult. 
This team here on this road trip has given up a lot of runs. It's it's really kind of a weird thing, Augie. I, I'm still having a hard time with this. I don't know what their identity is. Obviously, we know about the starting pitching and the, the top-level starting pitching, and it's been so very good this year with uh, Corbin Burns and Eric Lauer, and then obviously Freddie Peralta has had some, some really good moments. Brandon Woodruff is still trying to get in there. Adrian Hauser has been mostly good outside of his most uh, recent start. Uh, Ashby's had his, his moments as well. But then when you get into the bullpen, and especially when it's not those last three guys, uh, there's been some consistency issues. It just, I don't know, I, I feel like the identity of this team has not yet truly been formed. I mean, that's pretty standard when you're talking about a team in the first couple months of the year. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I think one thing that we find out in the game of baseball, is just not the Brewers uh, in their pitching staff, and I still think the Brewers have the best pitching staff in all of baseball. It's pitching staff throughout baseball. Number one, we're seeing a lot of injuries, a lot of guys coming up with the little nooks and crannies that they, they, they're going on the IL for a short period of time. We're seeing that a lot in the game of baseball early in the season, and that's been that way to, since the COVID situation came in. We've been a little bit unorthodox as far as starting the season late, having the shorter spring training. Those are all things that creep into, you know, how do you approach it? How do you get yourself in a, in a place where you feel very comfortable and I agree with you, Matt, and I think the times that we have been together, the years, we've always talked about this Brew team. When, where are they right now? Where are they going to be? And I think what you see is the first two months of the season, Craig Council and, and along with David Stearns and Matt Arnold are still trying to find out what their makeup is going to be. Do they have the good arms to be very good? Yes, but they still have to make up. And you're exactly right when you get to the back order. Back into that bullpen, they're very good. You go with the starting rotation, they're excellent. It's just those in, intermediate-type guys that you really got to find out who's going to be there, and that usually changes, changes a lot during the season. Christian Yelich in his last 14 games, going back to April 27th, is hitting 353. Four home runs, 12 RBIs, a 450 on base, um, uh, basically a, a almost a 1600 uh, OPS or almost a 1200 OPS. Excuse me. I mean the numbers that he's putting up are really, really good recently. We also see those moments from, I mean, even in that period, there's some. There's an 0 for 5 in there. There's an 0 for 3 in there. It's it's not exactly like what it was uh, in those two years where he won the MVP once and almost won it again. But it, it feels like for the first time in a couple years that there's something of substance there from him that shows that he's kind of back on the right track. Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I think the one thing with Christian and the one thing I've seen out of him this year and it, and uh, he's worked very hard at it. His, his plate discipline. And he's very disciplined at the plate. He's not swinging out a lot of pitches out of the strike zone. And we all talked about how teams are throwing that hard breaking ball down and in, and they still get it there. And they still get him out down there. That's a great pitch. And they're being able to get the ball up, up, up and in on him where he'll swing at it and go for a pitch, maybe sometimes out of strike zone. And then that good fastball away that he gets up, he was having problems with. I think the one thing that was really interesting the other day when he hit for the cycle, he used the whole field. He hit the he hit the home run. He hit it the opposite way. That pitch was out away from him. That was a pitch last year that it seemed like he couldn't get to, and he'd fall off and hit it in fall territory. And then he went up the middle. He went up the middle twice, and then he got that ball the last time on the inside part of plate and was quick enough right on the inside part, be quick enough to go down and get it and drive the ball in the right field corner for the triple. I would, that really showed 
that he's got a good understanding of not only understanding that strike zone and what he wants to go with, but having that good plate discipline and saying, you know what, there's times when that pitch is going to be close. I'm going to take that pitch. I'm going to see where that pitch is. And the more it seems like he takes that pitch on the inside part of the plate, he's becoming more accustomed to saying, I'm not going to swing at that bad pitch, or I'm not going to swing at that pitch up and in that that's up too high. More plate discipline, swinging at better pitches. He's definitely a lot better this year. So, Augie, when he was really, really good in those two years that I just mentioned, he destroyed fastballs. And then that stopped happening. And quite honestly, over the last couple of years, he wasn't doing much against the fastball, and that allowed pitchers to throw him maybe more fastballs than they normally would, and he was also struggling with off-speed pitches. Well, now he's once again to just – I mean, he the numbers he puts up on fastballs so, so far this year are, are out of this world. So do you think maybe that next step in watching him to see if he is coming back is getting to that point where pitchers maybe stop throwing him as many fastballs again and see what he does against off-speed stuff? I think we're going to see a lot of what we tried – what they've been trying to do in the past, and that is – trying to get that ball, that breaking ball down and in on him, tell him to have it a little bit on the plate and you get it down in off the plate or that sinker that's hard down and in, and then really getting him up high. I think the biggest pitch for him that he had to be a little bit of aware of and that he was swinging that in the past was that pitch was just a little bit above the waist on the inside part of the plate. It just got him thinking there, and then he couldn't handle that pitch down and in. And it seems like he's got a, letter, a lot better idea in being a lot more disciplined at those pitches. But I agree with you. I think they're going to start throwing him a lot of breaking balls, a lot of off-speed stuff towards that outside part of the plate. He's been able to fight that changeup away and fall it off and hit it the opposite way. But I, he, he's the one thing that I really see him that I really like is that fastball, medium up away. He's really going away with that pitch. He's not allowing that pitch to get by him. He's going with it, and he's covering, having good play coverage. And that's making a huge difference. It's going to be interesting, but I'll guarantee you he's going to see a lot of off-speed stuff coming up in the near future because he's been hitting the fastball very well. All right, Augie, great stuff as always. We'll be working together all weekend long after the Marlins game, so certainly looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again uh, coming up tomorrow night. Yeah, really looking forward to it. This is going to be a, a great matchup when you talk about pitching staffs, Matt. Before the season, a lot of people were saying, hey, if you look at some of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball, you got to look at, number one, the Milwaukee Brewers, and number two, the Miami Marlins. Very well matched up. So it's going to be interesting to see what these offenses can do. Looking forward to being with you all weekend. Awesome. Thanks, Augie. Anytime, Matt. Great being with you. All right, there's Jerry Augustine joining us here on Brewers Weekly, and great to get him back into the fold on Brewers Extra Innings coming up this weekend. 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. An off day for the Brewers today. They'll open up a three-game series in Miami tomorrow before they get home. This will be the third leg of this three-city road trip. Pitching matchups this weekend, Corbin Burns and Pablo Lopez are going to pitch in the opener tomorrow. That is a, that's a great matchup. Burns 1-2, but a 1.86 ERA. Lopez has had a fantastic start to this season. 4-1 and one with an ERA at 1. I haven't looked at all the pitching matchups across Major League Baseball tomorrow, but I have a hard time believing there's going to be much better 
than that. Eric Lauer against Trevor Rogers in the second game, and then uh, Brandon Woodruff is going to pitch the third game for the Brewers. Uh, Burns and Lauer, Burns basically being kept on his same in his uh, same rest. So he's pitching tomorrow. That shuffles the rotation around just a little bit. But with the off day today, they were able to uh, do some things and utilize uh, some just just making sure the Burns pitches as much as all, as possible. If there's one guy that they're going to keep on as close to normal rest as possible, it is uh, Corbin Burns. I am curious to see what happens next. Uh, they've used Ashby, Aaron Ashby, as that sixth starter when they've needed him. With this off day, you really don't need him this time through. Uh, but what they do with him, it's a. We were talking about this the other night on Brewers Extra Innings, Vinny Rotino and myself, because I brought something up with Vinny that we're going to talk about later on in the show. Of what what bullpen pitchers do you really trust right now? And you mentioned Boxberger, you mentioned Williams, and you mentioned Hader. And even even with what Williams did his last time out, where he had a bad night, that bad night followed eight straight scoreless appearances. So. Devin Williams is fine. Uh, but who do you trust beyond that? And, and Aaron Ashby's name was brought up. And yes, when he has pitched out of the bullpen, for the most part, he has pitched well. He has had some impressive outings. The problem with all of that is he's pitching on a schedule. Essentially, he's a piggyback guy. He's not just a guy sitting out of the bullpen who you can use on whatever day you need him. You basically know what day he is going to pitch, and that that's it. And then the other days, he's not. He's almost taking a roster spot to be a piggyback starter at this point when they don't need a six starter and then be that six starter. Now, admittedly, the roster is 26 players. Two years ago, the roster was 25 players. So they have an extra roster spot. So that gives you a little bit more flexibility in being able to carry somebody who basically serves the role as six starter and a piggyback starter when, when you don't need him in the rotation. But it, it doesn't, he doesn't become that impactful relief pitcher that you can bring in when you really need him because the spot that he's going to pitch has pretty much be, been predestined by the calendar and not by anything else. So uh, just how they handle him and his role moving forward, I think is something that's going to be kind of fascinating to watch because they're not going to always need him as a six starter. He obviously can help this team. That's something that Craig Council says a lot about him. You know, he's a guy who can help this team win games. So I think there are some teams out there, some organizations out there, who would have just put him at AAA this year and would have just said, continue to develop, continue to take the ball every fifth day, and if we need you as a starter up here, we'll bring you up, and then we'll send you back down. The Brewers are doing not that. Instead, they are getting as many starts as they possibly can, and then after that, they are, uh, they're they're putting them in the bullpen for predestined work. So, yeah, it's... um, the bullpen situation is an interesting one, and we'll get into that later on in the program. But up next, I want to talk about Christian Yelich. Will Salmon in The Athletic uh, wrote a column, and it, I think the headline was Will Sam, or, uh, Christian Yelich, is he back? And Will noted a lot of interesting numbers, uh, both standard you know, baseball card-type numbers and also some advanced numbers that indicate some things about Christian Yelich. We're going to get into that coming up in just a moment. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. 
More Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers an off day today, back at tomorrow as they play the third leg of their three-city road trip going through Atlanta and Cincinnati and now in Miami for a three-game set against the Marlins. Welcome back into Brewers Weekly. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. There's been no bigger question over the last few years than what some version of what's going on with Christian Yelich. Or is Christian Yelich back? In fact, Will Salmon of The Athletic, and I encourage everybody, if you have the financial means to do so, I would encourage you to subscribe to The Athletic. I think they've got some of the best uh, sports journalism out there. So I'm not going to read. I don't want to take too much from all all the work that uh, Will did to put together a really, really good piece. But the the headline from his his column was, Brewers Christian Yelich keeps supplying tantalizing reasons to believe he's back. So is he? And Will digs in, and I want to throw out some numbers that Will passes along in his, um, in his piece. The, the hard hit rate, and we've talked about this for a while. I, like, I think for a lot of people, you're probably sick of hearing about how hard Christian Yelich is hitting the ball when it's not resulting in him getting hits. Now, it is a little bit more right now, but previously, you know, that was when when they played the Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Phillies, if you remember, that was one of the big narratives, one of the big talking points that ESPN was going with that weekend. So it kind of got, that was their, uh, that, that was what they went with. So it got spread out to everywhere, just how hard Yelich is hitting the ball. But even at that point, a few weeks ago, his numbers hadn't completely turned yet the way they have recently. But he is hitting the ball hard. There is no doubt that he is hitting the ball hard. He is in the top 2% in uh, hard hit rate. So that, that tells you something. The problem was he was putting a lot of them on the ground, right? Like if, if you hit a ball really hard and you put some loft on it, then at the very least it's going to get over the infielders' heads and it might just drop down in the gap. It might just go over the wall and be out of there for a home run. When you hit a ball hard on the infield, yeah, there's a chance that's going to get by an infielder, but there's also a chance that it's not going to get by an infielder. So that was that was kind of where we were at a few weeks ago. But if you look at where he's at right now in terms of fly ball rate, he now has a fly ball rate of close to 36%. That's pretty good. Uh, that's what he had in 2019. So that tells between hitting more fly balls and continuing to hit the ball harder and harder and harder – that's that tells you that things might be starting to uh, turn around. Uh, something else, and this is where we get a little bit. Uh, I'm always careful when I start using some of these uh, advanced numbers and things that maybe a lot of people don't completely comprehend. And just you watch baseball because you love the game of baseball. You don't watch it because you want to have a mathematics degree. Like I, I understand that. Uh, Statcast, duh, which is the basically the stat provider, the the electronic uh, stat gathering data information source for Major League Baseball, all the cameras and everything that they have uh, at every single Major League Baseball park. Uh, they're, they're collecting this data, and that all, all that's being used through StatCast. Uh, Christian Yelich has barreled up 16 pitches this year. When you barrel something up, like it, it is what it sounds like, it's when you hit the baseball 
at the exact right spot of the baseball with the exact right spot of the bat. And it's not something that actually happens that often. It is it is very challenging when you think about the size of a baseball, all the movement of pitches, the size of a bat. It is a very challenging thing to be able to barrel a ball up. It does not happen that often. Uh, Christian Yelich has 16 barrels this season. He has barreled up a pitch 16 times. That might not sound like a huge number, but it really is. Um, and last year, he had 22 all season long. And he's at 16 basically a month and a half into the season. And when you look at what he's done over the last two weeks, the only players who have a barrel rate above 25% are Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr., Aaron Judge, and Christian Yelich. So basically what I'm telling you is he is barreling balls up at an elite level right now. He's also not swinging at pitches out of the strike zone quite as much, uh, and, and that's allowed him to get on base via walks more. Uh, it's allowed him to wait for the pitch that he's going to be able to do the most damage with. I was looking at his numbers, and I, I, I pulled out what he has done since April 27th. So it's not a huge sample size. It's basically, you know, it's a little bit more than two weeks worth of baseball. It's 14 games worth of baseball. His last 14 games going back to April 27th, his numbers, they are uh, MVP caliber numbers since then. He's hitting 353, going 18 of 51, has four home runs. That's not a huge number. It's a fine number. Has 12 RBIs in those 14 games. That's a good number has struck out 10 times, walking 8 times. His on-base percentage is at 450, so just under half the time he's getting on base. And he has close to a 1,200 OPS. All those numbers are really, really good. What does it actually mean? I don't know. Uh, let I think we I, I think it's still to be determined to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's encouraging news. I think it's really encouraging news that he's doing what he's doing. But we're still so early on in the season for me, I want to see more of it. And I alluded to this with Jerry Augustine earlier. So he is starting to see a little bit more uh, some some more fastballs. And he hasn't done it during as he struggled the last couple of years, he's really struggled against off-speed stuff, but even even fastball pitchers have been able to get the fastball by him. And that was something that was not happening in his two really good years with the Brewers. Now it's getting back to a point right now where he's having a ton of success again against fastballs. So the, the approach is going to have to change. And baseball, of all sports, baseball is the game where adjustments are literally being made, not just on a game-to-game basis, but an at-bat to an at-bat basis. That's why when video was taken out of the dugout following the Houston Astros scandal, why hitters were so upset about it. They want to be able to go look at their last at-bat right after it happens and kind of diagnose what the pitcher was doing and what they were doing. It is a, it is a constant, continual process of making tweaks. So I, I think we're gonna see we're gonna see pitchers not throwing them quite as many fastballs as he's getting right now. And the question is going to be, can he continue to have success? And will he continue to be as disciplined as he has been in the strike zone? Because if you're not getting a ton of fastballs and you're recognizing what's not going to be in the zone, that 
that's going to give you an opportunity to continue to go on base and then also at the same time be ready if you happen to uh, get a mistake. A text message from uh, Doug says, Yelich is on track for 25 home runs and 90 to 100 RBIs. That's back to all-star status. Yeah, if, if he finishes this year with 85, 90 RBIs, if he finishes out the year with 15, 20 home runs, uh, if his on-base percentage uh, is is kind of where it's at right now, or he's he's getting on base a lot, those are those are perfectly fine numbers. He does not he does not have to be the guy who is putting up the MVP numbers in those two years. But he does need to put up good numbers. He does need to put up all-star numbers, and that goes a long way towards the offense being able to score more runs. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line. Tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. An off day for the Brewers today. Back at tomorrow, they'll wrap up this three-city road trip. They've got a three-gamer in Miami. Pitching matchup tomorrow, Corbin Burns against Pablo Lopez. Really, really good pitching matchup. 855-616-1620. That's the Ankinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's grab a phone call. Jerry is in Oak Creek. Hey, Jerry, you're on WTMJ. I enjoy your show. I listen to you a lot on uh, extra innings and... uh this show on Thursdays. I don't get a chance to call you too much, but I think the Brewers are going to win their division easily. The only worry that I got is I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs. I think they got to make a trade, get another bat, and might have to give up one of their pitchers, like Peralta, um, Woodruff, somebody like that. And I know people say, oh, no, you can't do that. But I, I think that if they do that, I think that they could go a lot further in the playoffs because a lot of times you only need to use three or four starting pitchers in, in a seven-game series. Yeah, Jared, it's a good point. I appreciate the phone call. That That is one of the things that you look at the way this roster is constructed and because of the deep, high-level, elite pitching um, – they are in many ways built for the regular season. I absolutely think Jerry is correct in, in the way he said that. Now, just because a team is is built for the regular season, that does not mean that they cannot also have success in the postseason. I would be I would be uncomfortable with some of these young, cost controlled pitchers being used in trade bait. And when you look at some of the numbers from the Brewers from an offensive standpoint, the Brewers have scored 159 runs this year. All right, so here, here's what I'm going to do. I want everybody to be real on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for some engagement and some truthfulness here. I just told you how many runs the Brewers have scored this year. 159 runs. How many games have they played? This is great radio here. They played 32 uh, games. So let's uh, pull out the calculator and figure out, okay, so what did it say? 159 divided by 32. All right, so they're averaging just under five runs per game. Their Their run total, for those of you who maybe don't know, what's your assumption? Where do you think they rank in Major League Baseball? I think they rank... 
top half, top third, bottom third? Like, what do you think? I'll give you a second. Think through it. Make your decision. Make your decision on where you think that run total sits in Major League Baseball for where they rank. Have you made your decision on what you think it is? I wish I could talk to you all right now. They're 159 runs, second most in Major League Baseball and the most in the National League. The Angels have scored 164 runs. The Brewers are at 159. Then the Giants are at 155. The Dodgers are at 149. And the Mets are at 147. That's your top five, followed by Cleveland, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Padres, and the Rays, rounding out the top ten. Pretty good offense so far. We've that's Now, does it help that they just scored a bunch of runs yesterday in Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, there's been some one-sided games they've been on the wrong side of that they've scored some runs in. But, I mean, the, the numbers are what the numbers are, right? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. My Jay-Z quote that I go to over and over and over. They've scored 159 runs. They are second in Major League Baseball in runs scored. We think about this team being built with pitching. Um, their team ERA... Let's check that out. Where are they at? Their team ERA is at 3.70. That's middle of the pack. Now, when we pull out relief pitching from starting pitching, obviously, it's uh, it, 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 that changes a little bit. But by statistics only, they are a much better offensive club than pitching club at this point in time. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line. Tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. More in a moment on WTMJ. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of the program. Brewers off today, back at tomorrow. Tomorrow night's game, by the way, can be heard on 94.5 ESPN because the Bucks will be here on WTMJ. Same deal on Sunday if, if, if there is a game number seven between the Bucks and the Celtics. If you ever tune in here to WTMJ and you hear Bucks basketball and you say, but the Brewers are playing right now, we'll just head on over to 94.5 ESPN, and that's where you will find the Brewers, and that's also where you will find our Brewers Extra Innings postgame show. As mentioned earlier, Jerry Augustine making his uh, season debut this weekend, and he'll be joining me throughout the course of the weekend series. I am concerned about what the Brewers have in their bullpen beyond their top three guys. I have zero concern about Josh Hader. If there's anybody concerned about Josh Hader, I'd, I'd love to hear why. There's no reason to be concerned. I have no concern about Brad Boxberger, and I don't have any concern about Devin Williams. I know he didn't look good his last time out. There were a lot of people really freaking out about him that game. That game followed eight straight games without him giving up a run. So he's been good. He had a little bit of a slow start to the season. He got locked in, and then he had a bad day. All pitchers have bad days at some point in time, and unless the bad days start to stack up for Williams, then we can we can revisit this conversation. But there's no reason there's no reason to be worried about Devin Williams here at the moment. But beyond him, who do you really trust in this bullpen? I'll be the first to say that Trevor God has done a nice job this year. He's pitched to a 1.64 ERA. Who predicted that on May 12th? 
when I was talking about guys in the bullpen you trust the most, that the first guy that I would mention after the three high leverage guys would be Trevor Gott. But he's done that. He's worked himself into that. Uh, Brent Suter, we know who he is. We know the kind of impact that he can have, even though he had a slow start to uh, the season. Uh, there, there's some trust, obviously, there in, in Suter. He's got back-to-back scoreless appearances, so, so that's a good thing. But beyond that, it's kind of hit or miss. When, when Ashby's available to pitch out of the bullpen, he's done a nice job. But other guys have, have certainly struggled. There's a lot of big ERAs. Hobie Milner's had his moments. Uh, we just saw for the first time uh, J.C. Mejia. He struggled in his one outing, but that's just one outing. Other guys have been given opportunities. There's been the the up-and-down nature of, uh, of relief pitchers going to AAA, coming to the big leagues. That's the area right now where there's just not a whole lot of consistency. That, that second group of relievers after the high leverage guys. We'll discuss that and much, much more over the course of the weekend during Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Baseball tomorrow. They open up the series against the Marlins. 541st pitch. Coverage begins at 5.05 over on 94.5 ESPN. Myself and Jerry Augustine will talk to you tomorrow night for Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks so much for being tuned in tonight. You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.